you know what one of my all-time biggest dreams is movie-wise? Especially now that superhero movies are so in vogue, so in demand. One of the biggest fish out there in the sea. I always wanted a superhero movie that ends just like a nameless, anonymous beat cop that's in the crowd shooting at the bad guy. Like his bullet just lands, you know? A bullet has never been effective in a single superhero movie in all of existence coming out of the gun of a cop. But what are you going to do? Yo, 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 people. It's your man LD back at it again. And today, on today's Daily July episode, we are bringing you Film Friday. Boom. What a, what a genius idea. What a revolutionary idea by your faithful leader, LD. Talking about movies on a podcast. Bam. Bing. Pow. As you can probably tell by listening to me, I am somehow still sick with a cold in July at the Jersey Shore. It's been five days of stuffy noses and sore throats. I, I don't understand. The laws of physics, the laws of, of temperatures. This shouldn't be. This shouldn't be possible. Yet it is. Yet here I am. Also, while we're on temperatures for a minute, before we get into Film Friday, before we get why LD can call it Film Friday, saw a great tweet recently, so I can't claim credit for this idea, this thought, but this tweet was like, talking about how like, yeah, sure, the metric system that makes more sense, whatever. But temperature-wise, if you think about it, everybody always talks about how much sense it makes that like in Celsius, zero is freezing point. Think about this. In in Fahrenheit, zero degrees, it's really cold, but like very, you know, livable. 100 degrees, very hot, but livable. LD has existed in zero degrees and in 100 degrees before in his life. Yet in in... And then 32 degrees is where, where obviously where water freezes. In in Celsius, zeros where water freezes, a hundred degrees is unlivable heat. It's just destruction. It's like I don't know how hot that is, but it, it's certainly like may, maybe hotter than an oven. Maybe it's hot as an oven. I don't know, but it's it's you know well above like 150 degrees things of that you know 200 degrees I, once again i'm not sure i'm not i'm not a calculator i'm not a scientist i am but a knee driving weirdo character who who talks about things that are on his mind but just think about that that makes more sense like like zero to like like you're if you go by the celsius system like minus 2 degrees celsius is much more common than like 70 degrees like it just doesn't make sense zero should be you know very cold 100 should be very hot zero should not be pretty cold and 100 is is the sun or something that just doesn't add up but ld's got a few topics here for film friday i think while i'm doing this daily podcast shtick i might do movie talks on fridays bringing some of my movie friends you know see how things go but i have some topics but first off the reason why LD can call it Film Friday is because LD is a survivor. He went to film school. He earned these stripes. He he earned the film projector tattooed teardrop he has under his eye. Film school, man, it's you're you're surrounded by a lot of annoying people. You know, there, there's the guy who just thinks he's gonna run into Steven Spielberg on, on the street and prove to him how much he knows about Star Wars, even though the two are pretty unrelated and just that that's going to result in him him getting a, a gig 
directing a hundred million dollar movie right away. Then there's like Quentin Tarantino guy who thinks that him knowing a lot about movies somehow is is impressive in film school. Like I had this kid in my class who who you know I don't I don't know if Tarantino's necessarily I, no he's talkative like he's a long winded man but but you know the way Tarantino talks. Love to do an impression of it right now, but my voice sounds like shit. But there was this kid in my class who would just ramble like Tarantino, and and it was in a sound production class, which is a very needed job, you know, a reality TV, uh, America's number one exports entertainment baby, and and you know, there, there's a lot of union jobs, a lot of labor jobs there. Sound production is a very very, very own hands-on class. You know, we're learning how to set up microphones of different natures, how to record audio, how to edit audio. And like a teacher would be talking about something and then you name a movie as an example. You'd say The Birds by Alfred Hitchcock. And then this kid, Quentin Tarantino kid, would just start rambling on about Quinn, about uh, Alfred Hitchcock's entire filmography. It's bananas. He, he just was having like a dick measuring contest about movies with kids in a movie school. LD would never normally call films, films. I mean, you know, unless it's kind of casual. I'm not some sort of snob, but bam, Film Fridays, alliteration, LD has earned the right to call it that. And what we're starting with, topic-wise, our main topic of the day are the three movie genres. It's really not even necessarily just movies. This can certainly apply to TV as well, but it's kind of the three genres that, that just LD is kind of tired of. The classic genres, and and one of them with a caveat, and and if if these movies come out, LD needs a hook, you know, yeah, uh, just a trailer that looks cool is not going to get LD. He needs to he needs to know that there's there's some some kind of twist coming, some kind of special pizzazz, a little mamu, something 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 special. And the first of those genres is the boxing movie. And and uh, a great one that comes to my mind is Southpaw with Jake Gyllenhaal. That came out a few years ago and had like an Eminem music-based trailer. And like Jake Gyllenhaal was just this like down on his luck guy. Or not down on his luck guy. He was like, you know, a hard-nosed boxer. And he was like the cool guy. And then his pretty blonde wife gets like killed inadvertently. All this is in the trailer. There's one of those movies way too long of a trailer. This dude's like wife gets killed by his opponent by accident in a way that like doesn't make the opponent necessarily a murderer. And like now Jake Joan Hall's, you know, like a drug addict boxer, but he still has MGK like tattoos. So that makes him cool. People were shitting their pants for this movie. Uh, and for what? You know? It, it, it was it was just bleh. And there's just a formula for boxing movies. It's just some cool, tough guy being like, you know, Rocky won won an Oscar. Maybe it was nominated. I believe it won it for for its screenplay. It was it was very well. Now, now that I'm thinking about it, did Stallone win an Oscar for his screenplay? That what a fun. Now I'm starting to think that that Rocky did not win the Oscar because that that I feel like that'd be. I know it was definitely nominated. I'm looking this up right now. But what a world we would live in. Now won three Oscars. One of them was definitely one best picture, one best director, best film editing. No, Sly Sly got damn. Once I saw three, I thought 
I thought for sure he was going to get one, but how crazy. Imagine telling that to somebody today that, uh, you know, uh, Sly Stallone, that guy uh, who's, you know, you know uh, Rambo 18, uh, thirst for blood, addicted to blood, blood is back. Uh, imagine telling people that guy, Oscar-nominated writer. But, but you know, uh, uh, Rocky certainly laid out a formula. The boxing movies have been chasing ever since, which is, Tough guy, dash hot guy, dash stupid guy, but but heart of gold and the woman that that's been with him since he, you know, look at Conor McGregor. How many times do you see on Facebook some picture of him and his wife and being like she supported him when he was on food stamps and training all day, and now they're millionaires wearing fur coats. That's that's for some reason that's synonymous with fighting. Is is some broad sticking by her her himbo man and him punching his way to the top. Rocky, LD's in. The Creed movies, LD's in. Even though Creed 2, you know, let's face it, it was a very bland kind of movie. It was not, it's not that good. If it wasn't for the fact that everybody wanted to shit their pants over Ivan Draco, LD included. You know, who did not want to see Ivan Draco come back? But if it wasn't for that, that factoid, certainly Creed 2 would have been a monster bust. But Creed 1, great movie. Anytime, anytime that, uh, that Philadelphia, the the people in the motorbikes and the ATV scene comes on with the with the remix "Gonna Fly Now" and Meek Mill. Oh my goodness, that that I could run through a brick wall literally. I, I that that's one of those things. If LD was storming the beaches of D Day, that, that's what he'd be listening to or, or be watching before he did so. He'd have to imagine no stolen valor here, but he'd have to imagine that. Second genre, the mob movie. As LD's talked about before, LD, a man, a man whose blood is is red, but not just red with plasma, but red with the modern eyes. You know, LD's an Italian, as Italian as they come, besides for the fact that he doesn't eat many Italian foods. But, you know, LD is a full-blooded Italian, FBI all the way. And I love to pretend like I'm right, like, like, you know, the 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 Italian stereotypes are racist, but but that's not. It's got nothing really to do with LD being Italian with the mom movie thing. It's just, it's another genre I think is very, very bored. It's very boring to me to, you know, once again, you know, good fellas. I saw the Irishman. I like the Irishman. You know, I, I got nominated for a lot of best picture type stuff. Uh, didn't win anything. So, so you can't really say anything about that. I don't, I don't know how revolutionary the Irishman was besides for the fact that Robert De Niro was playing like a 20 year old, which, which was very funny because the action did not line up with the age you know, 23-year-old Robert De Niro, who was supposed to be this big, tough guy, would be beating somebody up on camera. But because under the CGI, it's like 83-year-old Robert De Niro. He's like punching, like he's trying to punch through gelatin. You know what I mean? He's going in slow motion. It's very funny. But just mob movies, you know, it's just another thing. Like, I get it. Like, people in the 1950s, they had a very stingent idea of masculinity. Well, you know, Sopranos, great. Love the Sopranos. Going to do a Sopranos rewatch soon. I'm sure I'm going to be tweeting about it. So don't come back to me and say, like, LD, I thought you hated mob. I'm just saying that that it's going to, if I see an advertisement for a mob movie, a mob show, you know, just saying executive produced by Martin Scorsese is not going to be enough to, to pique my interest. I get it. There's going to be guns. There's going to be cannolis. And there's going to be funny Italian accents and guys named Fat Tony. I, I like... I, I just need something spicy. You know, I, I need to know that there's a storyline here. And, you know, 
like, like, like once again, I'm not shitting on the classics. I love The Departed, which is somewhat of a polarizing movie, which has always shocked me. Love The Departed. Obviously, that's that's the Irish mob. But 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 again, just changing up. Black Mass, terrible movie. LD knew Black Mass was going to be terrible a mile away. Here's a little insider tip for you guys, ladies and gentlemen. This is a trick LD loves to bust out and impresses people left and right. October through to like the end of August, which I know I just said that in reverse. It'd be like the end of August through October, early November, is always rifled, just filled with movies that at one point in at the beginning of the production dreamt of Oscar glory, but at some point failed and are falling flat fast. Black Mass, one of LD's all-time favorite bad movies, one that he will have to do a fr- film Friday on soon, Bradley Cooper's Burnt. Like movies that have sick trailers and a cast that makes your ears perk up, but then you go and you see the movies and it's like, eh, that was just okay. So again, just making the, the mobsters Irish, that's not going to be enough to pique LD's interest. But what LD does love to go see a movie that he knows is going to be bad that other people are excited for. The other example, of course, and this movie came out in June, so it's not an example of that, but just a movie people, my man Cameron Crowe's Aloha. LD could do, you know what? Four genre of movies LD avoids. LD is not a fan. LD loves Almost Famous. That is it. He does not even like Jerry Maguire. As a matter of fact, Jerry Maguire upsets LD quite a lot. You know, Jerry Maguire really, really... Because here's the thing, LD went to film school, and LD, I'm not saying I would write meta things, but I would like to write things that that had a couple jokes at the film community's expense in them, because I was being quickly shown how, how annoying and laughable a lot of these wannabe bozos were. And film people are super stingent about grading how, how people talk about film in movies. They'll be like, oh, well, that's not what that's like. Like LD one time had a guy who got an agent at age, you know, 23 in a script. And somebody was like, some film, some screenwriting teacher who who was a failed screenwriter sitting there telling LD, well, that's just unrealistic, man. Nobody has an agent at that age. Like that's just, no one would believe that. I'm like, A, there are child actors, Bozo. And B, uh, you know, uh, Mrs. Deborah Holtz Schultz and in, in uh, Lincoln, Nebraska doesn't know jack shit about what age you get an agent. You know, uh, uh, sharks don't attack boats yet. Jaws was a was a huge success and a phenomenal movie. You know, we we can write Lord of the Rings about imaginary imaginary elves and shit, but God forbid you say something about the movie industry that that somebody in the movie industry is like, well, that technically doesn't happen that way. But going back to my point, Jerry Maguire, like like. I've read scripts that are about sports that are laughable. That's not how sports fans talk. That's not how sport fans act. That's not how athletes handle their business. But because all the screenwriters and all these movie people are a bunch of pencil-necked geeks and nerds half the time, and they were theater kids, they don't know that. They LD read a script once for a screenwriting class where we were doing peer evaluations. This girl, has, she, she wrote this thing about a, a guy it was like a football story, but this girl was from Denmark. So this wasn't well, like soccer. This was American football. It was, it was half the center of the movie. And it's like, oh, the main character, Brad, he goes to college at UCLA and tries out for the football team. He is given the position of quarterback. And I'm just sitting there like, are you are you telling me this guy's a walk-on freshman 
no redshirt, true freshman starting quarterback at UCLA. That's not how anything works. What are you kidding me? They recruit people for that. They weren't tryouts, you know. And and meanwhile, the film producers, uh, the film professors, like, yeah, great, thumbs up. It's like, no, this is ridiculous. This isn't about suspension of disbelief. This is just, uh, you know, ninety uh, percent of the population that knows anything about sports are, are going to think this is a joke. Nobody's going to like this. But no, that's okay. But you can't can't write write the film industry lacklusterly. And that, that goes back to Jerry Maguire's. I just feel like Jerry Maguire, it's not... I I mean, you got to give Cameron Crowe the credit that he started a lot of cliches. He's the first guy that ever wrote, you had me at hello. That's certainly, you know, that's in the lexicon. That's just, some people don't even think of that as a movie line. They just think of that as a sentence, you know? So I'm not trying to trying to crap all over Cameron Crowe, but that guy hasn't written a good movie in forever and... and Aloha, which will be in the burnt podcast. Uh, me and my my roommate Noah will probably break down those two all time bat movies. Aloha had like Bradley Cooper, uh, Emma Stone, Rachel McAdams, John Krasinski, Danny McBride, Alec Baldwin, and Bill Murray, amongst others, all in the cast. And people were so excited for that movie. And that movie was awful. So that's my little Cameron Crow rant. You just know that that man's. That man's heart's going to be on his sleeve at his movies and normally a little too much. That man should have stayed in the 90s. But anyway, the final genre of movies that LD avoids, and this is the one with the caveat, is post the 9-11 war movies. So I want to make this very clear. There's not any war movie made after 9-11. Dunkirk, phenomenal movie, obviously. But like any movie about... Like Af- the wars in Afghanistan or in the Middle East post 9-11. That's another one. It's just like like I saw American Sniper and, and I liked it. You know, I, I I didn't dislike that movie at all. But to me, it was more of like an action movie than like the, the big prestige Oscar movie. It kind of got the credit for being. I just didn't think it was that great of a movie. But, but, but again, no huge complaints. But like I just feel like post 9-11 war movies, it's just... Fun fact, I also saw Lone Survivor with Mark Wahlberg four times in theaters, funnily enough, because of hilarious circumstances. Um, but, you know, I just feel like, and that, that movie's fine. Like, I'm, I'm not saying these movies are all terrible, but I just feel like every post-9-11 war movie is the same thing. It's like, guy lives in America, 9-11 happens, guy's fueled with patriotism, guy goes to the Middle East and there's, you know, and then, and then you just kind of get into what cool action happened. And right now, I've been on this big World War II kick. I've been watching. I watched Band of Brothers for the first time ever. Uh, that that series is obviously awesome. I don't have to tell you that. But I'm rewatching The Pacific right now. And you know, I just think uh, World War II it was such a bigger affair. There were so much bigger stakes, you know, there's so much murky stuff and I'm, I'm not talking about the morales of it all. And, you know, I, LD is not some sort of foreign policy expert. So I, I don't mean things in that extent, but you know, LD is pretty, pretty well read and pretty, uh, pretty up to date on the news and stuff. I feel like if you talk to most people in America, myself included, you know, why did we invade which country and for which reason? And, but, you know, I know we fought in Afghanistan, Iraq, you know, there's ISIS, there was the Taliban, there's Al Qaeda, like, you know, and those are all spanning 20 years. I, I just feel like it's not as de- decisive as World War II was. World War II is like a video game came to life, you know? It's just one of those things where 
the stakes could not have been more real. And, and, and obviously there was good and there was evil and there was a very little gray area. So, so it's just kind of an easier thing to rally behind. I feel like you don't see many future war movies, like, like a World War III movie. Now, that could be pretty cool. Of course, we have World War Z, but that is based on the idea that zombies would be the next great villain, not like America versus China with Russian involved, which I imagine is what it would be, but, but who am I to make these predictions? Now I'm going to wrap up. Uh, this is going to be a little shorter of a podcast just because I'm really sick and tired of talking while sick. I apologize, people, but but this has been this has been quite bothersome for all day. But but he'll power through. He'll make it. Marvel movies. It's very funny because you know I, I just saw uh, Black Widows just came out wide, I believe, and and what's so funny to me about Marvel movies? People will be like, yeah, you know, this is far from the best Marvel movie, but it's still a phenomenal. You know, it's still great. Still the best. Eighty five overall score. Eighty eight. 80, you know, it's like, well, then what are you just saying the Marvels are the best movies can get? LD loves, that's what's so funny. It's like LD does love the Marvel movies. He's seen all of them except for Captain America Winter Soldier. And I've only, and I don't even really like hate any of them. There's some that I have complaints about that. I mean, I hate Civil War. That That is true. But like Endgame, Endgame is a good movie. I, I think that there are parts of it that are kind of bad. They could have done better and stuff. But it's just so funny how much, Marvel has this stranglehold over movies right now. And obviously they, for good reason, in the sense that like they've earned it, they've perfected the mainstream movie. And, and I don't mean mainstream in a bad way at all. As LD opened the podcast on talking about film school and all that, LD is much more of a studio movie guy than like an independent movie guy. But like Marvel, you know, Marvel's very formulaic, which is almost kind of the, the subject of this podcast, I guess, is movie formulas. Marvel gets credit for not doing... It was a very weird noise I just made. I'm cracking up right now. Oh, my God. Uh, that was like a dying groan. But Marvel's like... Marvel gets credit for not doing origin stories when introducing characters. But while Marvel doesn't fall into the, the formula of the origin story, it falls into the formula of the Marvel non-origin story. It, it's so funny because Thor Ragnarok gets so much well-deserved credit for shaking up the formula and changing what a Marvel movie was. But then all the more Marvel movies after that just tried to be Thor Ragnarok, which which obviously I'd rather than be like Thor Ragnarok than Thor Dark World. But at the same time, then, you know, it's not all that different anymore. It's just a new formula. It's going to be very interesting to see what happens with Marvel Eternals, the Eternals, because that trailer did not get the love that that you would expect, and and maybe at this point that almost doesn't mean anything. Maybe it, I could see them making a subpar trailer as a misdirect almost, but that's certainly going to be a different kind of Marvel movie altogether. And and you know Marvel Marvel has Phase Five, Phase Six, five, Phase Seven, but you know they're starting to lose. Uh, you know, the, the, the Falcons, the new Captain America, sure, but the Captain America's not around. Iron Man's not around. You know, at a certain point, they're going to kind of run out of heroes and, and kind of be hitting the, the benchmarks a lot. And then at some point, they're going to reboot it all. It's a matter of waiting enough. So that'll be interesting to see how that's all going to play out. But thank you guys for sticking with me through this week of clogged noses and sore throats. Sorry, the sound's been brutal. I felt brutal, but you know, I feel like we all feel a little bit better when we're together. Until Monday, guys. This has been LD. Thank you again.